All right. Hello, everyone. Sorry for the wait. All right. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Okay. We are going to go over some questions for UFC Vegas 32, and we're also going to talk about uh, basically whatever comes up. Hey, what's up? All right, so uh, let's get to it here. I'm going to share our screen. Sorry, I got a new setup here, so uh, kind of just working with things as we go. Here we go. All right. So follow along at uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, on even on TikTok, Combat Odds HQ, and then uh, tons of content. We'll be putting out the our preview for about four of the fights on this card on CombatOdds.ca tonight or late tomorrow morning. And if you want all the best bets patreon.com combat odds hq and we'll, we'll still have some free picks though that uh, we'll be giving out and if you like this setup here a new thing that we have is uh we, we just got a promo link with uh Streamyard. the show is supported by Streamyard. the whole setup is uh supported by Streamyard. and if you like what you see here you want to do something like this for yourself tinyurl.com combat odds hqsy i think you get like ten dollars off and uh you support us by uh signing up for that so yeah let's get right into it we got a question here from dan goldstein what do i think of ian heinish here we go what do i think of ian heinish by finish here six to one by ko 12 to one by submission Undersize Williams clipped Imabov. Yeah, I mean, I haven't fully looked into this yet. I I kind of lean Imabov here, but uh, strictly just a value play. I don't think he looked very good against Calvin Gaslam. But from going back and looking at Nasruddin Imabov, his last fight, he didn't look very good either. So I don't know. I gotta. I, I honestly would have to look into that a little bit more. Uh, which I can do right now. I'm going to look at Ian Heinish. I think I got him in my uh, my uh, database here. Let's see how many times he's won inside the distance. Uh, so he's about a minus 150 favorite. I see him against uh, Imovov. He's never been finished. He's won two, two of his two of his seven fights in the UFC inside the distance, plus zero point two four units on the inside the distance prop. He's more of like a, a grinder, right? More of like a guy who just uh, grinds you out. I would be more just on a complete gut call. I would probably. I would probably just lean the money line there if I was going to bet Heinish. I don't think I'm, I, I can't say yes or no if I'm going to. But to me, honestly, when you have a favorite of that price, 
And, uh, you know, minus 150 isn't the best, but when you have a favorite at that price, you're better off if you think they're going to win inside the distance. You're better off just betting your your guy and then taking the under in a separate bet because, you know, something I've talked about a lot on uh, on Bloodshed and on our uh, uh, the final countdown with Bleed, you know, you want to do an inside the distance bet is kind of like a correlated parlay where you're betting the money line and fight goes to distance. No, uh, it's you're better off to split that up. You know, you have more of a chance of making that a more of an uncorrelated bet. If you have a separate bet on the money line and then a separate bet on the under, you know, you're, you're the chances of making money on it, If your guy goes out there and gets clipped, you're still going to cash on the under. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's just that I personally, and I always talk about those inside the distance props quite a bit. But when I talk about that, I'm talking more about, uh, I, I just don't like betting those correlated props as much. Sometimes you have to, if it's like a, you know, like a minus 300 favorite or something like that. But honestly, if you personally feel like you, you think this fight's going to not go the distance and Heinish is going to win, you're looking at plus 180 under two and a half rounds and plus 160 fight goes the distance. No. So, I mean, I, I would, I would lean that way to be honest. Uh, and that's just strictly off of uh, looking at the line basically. Okay. Next question from Brian Rodriguez. How do I see Brennan Allen fight playing out? Oh man. Uh, Punahele Soriano is a is a dog. This is a this is looks like a, it's going to be a great fight. It's looking like pretty much just a straight up pick him here. Uh, I don't know. I think after uh, Soriano's last fight, you're probably getting some value here at like minus 107 against Brendan Allen. And Brendan Allen's like a you know Brendan Allen's a, a savage as they say. But man, uh, I think I I bet against. Soriano in his last fight, and I remember saying, like, I'm not going to make this mistake again. Brendan Allen is a tough matchup. Uh, I don't think I have either of these guys in my database. I got to look into this more. Uh, something that I'll say to you guys is starting this Friday is we're going to be doing uh, live during the weigh-ins, my reactions, and I'll be probably putting out all my final looks. Uh, so noon Eastern time, I'll be putting out, uh, I'll be going live. I don't have it set up yet where I can do the, uh, uh, like I can have it on the screen. I can show like stills. I can show like pictures of the guys weighing in. Uh, I can have pictures of the guys weighing in and I could probably have stills and like very slow video, but I can't have the full live video, but I'm going to eventually get that. But yeah, we're gonna go. Uh, it's just it, you know, it's low hanging fruit to be going live uh, in the afternoon during the weigh-ins like that. Sit here and chill, and I'll have uh, you know, I'll have an angle on pretty much every fight. Uh, this kind of helps us, you know, get uh, a look, a look ahead for the weigh-ins. But uh, yeah, I see, I see uh, Rodriguez, Brian Rodriguez. That that was against Todorovic. But wasn't Soriano a huge underdog in that fight or a decent-sized underdog? 
and clipped Todorovic and knocked him out brutally. Like, that was pretty impressive, no? You know, like, uh, I remember betting on Todorovic in that fight and being extremely uh, underwhelmed by his performance and being super impressed by uh, Soriano. You know, that was uh, that was a killer that was a killer performance. Knocked him. I think that that was the first ever fight on ABC, the first ever UFC fight on ABC. And I remember Soriano was a relatively large underdog. I'm going to check right here. Uh, I just honestly feel like based on that alone off the top of my head, it's hard to bet against Soriano right here. Like he is, uh, he's, He's one of those guys that's probably, you know, he's got more to his game than just what we've seen so far. And not not taking anything away from Brendan Allen, but I don't know. It's very, very tough to bet against uh, Puno Haley Seriano. And especially you're getting him at like almost plus money again, you know, minus 107 I'm seeing at five dimes. That's, uh, that's, that might be a gift. I don't know. That's a it's a tough call. I'm going to talk about some some other fights on this card where I'm going to have more of a a, a clear read. Uh, so, if anybody else has any other questions, I got some questions that were put in from the uh, um, Patreon. Um, first one. Under the radar fight for UFC Vegas 32. Well, I think that since um, I think since just tonight we've seen that the Adrian Yanez Randy Costa fight has been moved up to the main card. Which I mean, if that's true, then I guess it's not really under the radar anymore. But um, yeah, that's the fight. That's the fight of the night. Uh, Wikipedia doesn't say so, but yeah, that's the fight of the night. And, you know, I, I've said this a couple of times. I've, I've said this a couple of times, it's, you know, uh, Adrian Yanez could be a future champion. Bantamweight is a very tough division, but man, this guy's boxing. He is, like I said, he's got God given talent, straight up God given talent. This guy is a, is a uh, a treat to watch. He's got his boxing is just on a whole other level, and Randy Costa is very dangerous as well. But he's a wild man, and I think that Yanez's precision striking is going to be. I think it's going to be too much if 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 Costa comes in there and pressures Yanez and tries to go forward on him. He's going to be in some trouble, I think, because uh, that's that's Adrian Yanez's game. Is, we haven't seen it a lot because a lot of guys are very, 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 uh, you know, a lot the guys that he's fought have been very hesitant to come forward on him because they're smart enough to know that they're going to get rocked. And like I, I've said so many times uh, in the lead up to this fight, Jan is the type of guy who like he's just thinking his level of, in boxing and his timing and the way that he, he times your strikes into his combinations. And it's just – He's he's very very special. He's the type of guy that if he wasn't in MMA, he could be like a career high level boxer. 
Like his 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 striking is just that good. And uh, again, not taking anything away from Randy Costa, but Randy Costa's, I don't think he's going to sit there and wait out Adrian Yanez. And he's you know he's been known to be a wild man in there. Uh, his two his two wins I think are in the first round against uh, Boston Salmon and uh, Jeremy Newsom. He's he, but the thing he's just he's a wild man. He's got winging shots. He's he just goes out there with his head down and it's worked for him. But I feel like I don't know. I feel like this is the type of guy where uh, they're kind of giving Giannis. A guy, I wouldn't say on a platter because that's super disrespectful to Randy Costa, but at the same time, like I don't know, he's his striking is just on a whole other level, and uh, this this is a fight where I, again, I don't think this fight goes the distance, and I know it's a pretty steep, uh, it's it's a pretty steep price, but fight goes the distance. No, in this fight is a really good look because one of these guys is going out, you know, and uh, this is another one, for example, like if you were on, if you were on Adrian Yanez here, you're probably better off. Uh, that's hard to say because minus 175 on Yanez is pretty steep, but uh, yeah, this fight's going to be really good. Gambling aside, this fight's going to be really good. Okay. So uh, we've got another question here. On bet three six five is if, if a fight goes to a draw, you get your money back. Is that with all betting websites? Uh, it depends. There's some there's some sites that have the the draw like it's a three way result. There's some like European sites where you have to be very careful with how you uh, when you make a bet. This is more geared towards boxing because in boxing there's quite a lot of draws, you know, because there's twelve rounds. So a lot of the time you'll see like six rounds to six. Uh, and in boxing, most of the time, the, the odds are laid out in the three-way. Uh, it used to be like that with MMA, like way back in the day, but it's not like that anymore. Yeah, it, like if, it will, if the draw isn't listed in the selections and the fight's a draw, then yeah, you're you'll get your money back unless the unless the draw is listed in the selections, then you'll get your money back. It's a difference between it's like soccer. It's a difference between like a three way bet and a two way bet. Uh, okay, so Dan Goldstein, Giannis is going to measure Costa and clip him late first early second round. Uh, honestly, that's yeah, <laughs> I'm right with you. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I just feel like Costa, he uh, in his in his two performances in the UFC. Well, I think in his first performance in the Contender Series, when he knocked that guy out in like 24 seconds, that guy came rushing in and Costa just or and uh, Giannis just destroyed him. Uh, the th- the problem with that is that Costa is super tough, right? So. I don't know if we're going to see a first-round finish, but I don't think this fight goes the distance. And, uh, again, I'm not totally ruling out – I'm not totally ruling out that uh, Costa can knock out Adrian Yanez. But if this fight goes – the longer this fight goes, the more more it goes towards Yanez because he's just – every he's so precise. His his precision striking is – 
is just everything he does is so effective and so efficient. Whereas Cost is just going out there and probably only has two good rounds in him. In the third round, he's probably just going to be in survival mode against a guy who's just, uh, you know, against a guy who's just a super high level boxer, like who has just, I've said it a bunch of times, God given talent. Like his, he's, he's on the level, his, his boxing skill is on the level of like, uh, um, Jorge Masvidal. And I even said like, almost even like Dustin Poirier, just his ability to use his opponents, like his opponent striking in his, the way that he times his striking it's uh it's it, it's right out there. Uh Randy Costa says he would fight. I mean, if Costa loses, yeah, <laughs> I bet you they might give him that. But besides that, uh I don't know. See what me and Bleed were saying is Yanez. Yanez versus Sean O'Malley would be a that would be an amazing fight, right? Because Sean O'Malley has like more traditional MMA striking. He's really unorthodox whereas Yanez is very traditional boxing style like uh and not to say that he's not a, a good MMA fighter he is he's got a pretty good grappling game but his boxing is just like I said he could be a pro boxer if he wanted to uh yeah another one from Dan do you think that bookies aren't taking Macy Barber knee into consideration why is the line getting more favorable to her MMA is the only sport that knee injuries are overlooked and comebacks. Um, <laughs> honestly, I don't, I, I, it doesn't matter to me about uh, Macy Barber's knee. Her, I don't know. I'm very, very high on Miranda Maverick. And if uh, Maverick is going out there to take on, to, I, I, Maverick is the type of, she's like a super high level prospect right? Like she is the truth. Macy Barber is like one of those like Sage Northcutt type uh, fighter where like the, 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 her, her reputation is a lot better than who she actually is as a fighter. You look at who she's fought in her come up and they're all, all four of her fights were finishes. All four of her wins in the UFC were finishes. Macy, uh, Miranda Maverick, you know, she's the type of fighter that the longer the fight goes, the more it's in her favor. And I know that Macy Barber is extremely tough. So I'm kind of ruling out the chance of Maverick finishing her, but you compare these two, they're striking. Uh, their grappling is probably more closer than uh, most are probably giving Macy Barber credit for. But at the same time, like, ugh, I don't know. I think that, uh, um, if you were to ask me what's the most confident play that I have on this card, I'd probably answer to you. It's, uh, um, um, Macy, uh, or Miranda Maverick. Cause yeah, I, I don't think she's as good as, uh, I don't think, uh, Macy Barber is as good as what her reputation has laid out for her. I'm on Maverick already, but the line might flip, make her the dog. Yeah, like I've told a bunch of people, if I hear uh, if I hear that if I hear that uh, if I see that Miranda Maverick is an underdog, I'm going to have to, you know, usually I don't bet more than one unit on a play, 
but like Miranda Maverick as an underdog against Macy Barber, and it did open with with uh, um, it did open with Maverick as like a large underdog, and the line corrected immediately. But if we can get Maverick here as a as a at plus at plus money, man, we're like that's uh, like that's that's I won't say bet of the year because last last week. Matouche Gamrot or Jeremy Stevens was 100% the bet of the year, but Maverick right here at even at this price at like minus 120, I'll eat my words if Macy Barber comes out here and looks. She has to look better. If she looks the same that she looked in her last six fights, she's going to lose because what we've seen in Maverick's two fights in the UFC versus what we've seen from Barber in her six fights, she's scrappy, she's tough. But that go back and I just say this: go back and watch her against Alexa Grasso, period, and watch her spin kick air and punch from ten feet away, shadow box. Uh, if she does that against Maverick, she's going to lose. TJ Dillashaw is getting plus one sixty two on Bet three six five. Any value on that? Uh, I don't know. You're guessing. You're guessing because TJ Dillashaw has been away for two years and had to take EPO to get back to where he was after cutting or no. Yeah, I, I guess. No, he had to take EPO to cut down to 125 pounds to fight Henry Cejudo. And that's where he got pinched. And uh, if I, I feel like it's the psychology of, if you have to take drugs to uh, or not, if you have to take PEDs to get, you know, to have the confidence to to fight now that he doesn't have it. I don't know. Corey Sanhagen is really good, man. And these guys know each other. They were they were uh, team elevation teammates. And uh, I got to give I think I think uh, I think Sanhagen wins this fight. I think more of the value is on the under. Or fight goes the distance. No, I don't think. I don't know. It, you're guessing. It's similar to like Misha Tate last week. You're guessing uh, if he's going to look as good. It, it's 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 not. It's you're guessing because we haven't seen him, and it's all based on who knows. You know, we're going to know that Usada's cracked down on him heavier. So who knows if he's. Um, who knows what he was doing prior to that, right? Like, who knows what he was doing prior to getting pinched? He could have been doing more. I'm not going to say that, but uh, it's totally different if he's if the if the microscope is on him. And uh, I just think that this is the type of comeback. If he was like 28 years old and was coming back now at 30 and wasn't using PEDs anymore, it'd be a completely different story. But on the wrong side of 35 or just turning 35 and uh, – uh, going down to bantamweight, he's a pretty small guy, but against Corey Sanhagen, who's a big bantamweight and a younger guy, you know, he's got everything in front of him. I think that uh, I don't know. I don't think the value's on. I don't think the value's on Dillashaw. If Barber gets on top, she'll elbow Maverick into submission. I don't think she can get on top. And she does. I think that Maverick is more is more elusive in her bottom game. 
like if you look at go and watch even in that first round against um Modafferi when when Barber got on top of her Modafferi was able to get out of it and I think Miranda Maverick has got a better bottom game than Modafferi There was wrestling. The wrestling is comparable in my in my opinion. And Maverick isn't small either. She's more well-rounded in my opinion too, as you said earlier. Uh, I don't know. I don't think we've seen. You have to go and back and look at her like in Vitka uh, fights to see uh, her wrestling game. I don't think we've seen it enough because her two her two fights. Uh, you know, and then another thing was the with Jillian Robertson. She, 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 I think there's a rumor, and I don't know if this is true, but I thought that I saw somewhere that she trained with Jillian Robertson in the lead up to this fight against Macy Barber, and that's interesting because they both fought Jillian Robertson and both beat them. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I think I, I just think that she's all around a better fighter and if i don't think that macy barber has a better as a smart enough fight iq to go after miranda maverick's weaknesses because again her her one path to victory was to you know grapple and take down and to uh you know go up against the cage with alexa grasso and you know she was throwing spin kicks from 10 feet away and you know shadow boxing from 10 feet away <laughs> against her just giving up rounds and then in that third round when she had to she was down two rounds to none she had to get a finish what did she do she got two takedowns and it's just like what are you doing is that you're trying to go for a moral victory you know you're gonna lose you might have won you know a lot of people tell me like oh yeah M uh macy barbara won that third round it doesn't matter that was dumb of her to you know uh wrestle and lay and pray in in that third round against alexa grasso that's why she lost the fight <laughs> like you know any value on elkins honestly uh we talked about this we're gonna i'm gonna put the video out the clipped video out from uh, Saturday night. We talked about this. I how how do you how do you um, how do you bet against Derek Minner? You know, Derek Minner is he's he from the type of guy who has just all been first round finishes, first round or bust. And then to see how he looked in that last fight, uh, who was that last fight against uh, Charles Rosa, right? And just you know, grinding out a decision like a two to one decision that was super impressive. And he's a favorite here. And uh, Darren Elkins is the type of guy where his path to victory is to stand and bang. And I think that Derek Minner coming out there, and uh, uh, I think it's going to be a boring decision win for Derek Minner. And it's going to be the type of fight that'll probably be like you know a lot of people be like, this is a terrible fight. But if you have money on Derek Minner, it's going to be, this is a great fight, <laughs> you know? And uh, I, uh, this is totally just a gut call. I haven't done the numbers yet, but yeah, I'm, I'm super high on it, especially 
you're still able to get like minus 150 some places. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, I like even minus 125 on the over. Again, just a strict gut call. No, uh, I'm not. Uh, this is not advice. <laughs> it's fried rice. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like I like both of what I just said there. Minner, money line, and the over here because I think uh, he's a smart enough he's a smart enough fighter that he's just going to go out there and play to his strengths. Whereas Darren, you know, he's the damage. He's going to. Uh, he, he's he, his his path to victory is to is to is to stand and bang. And Darren Elkins is the type of guy who he can't afford to do that in his, this stage in his career. He's going to go out there and have the smart IQ fight. Um, capping strictly off the past, fighters improved. Yeah, I understand that fighters improve, but what I like to do is um, – and I'll talk about this many, many times. The, the many times that we do this show, I like to cap um, fighters based on the measure of expectation. Their their performance versus the measure of expectation. And um, uh, that's I've had success doing it. The success, you know, I, I it's proven. And sometimes I we've I've seen it before. Look. You know, we were on Volkov against Cyril Gaunt. Sometimes you just have to eat it and say, you know what? Uh, we were wrong. This guy's better than we thought he was. They, we just haven't seen it yet. But measuring based on the measure, like going on handicapping based on the measure of expectation, it's what you see is what you get. And that's why we're able to pick up big dogs. And that's why we're able to, you know, you can't be right all the time. It's different than picking a winner versus the value, you know? So I understand that it's just not how I cap. I, it can be, it, that can be the way that you do it. It's just not how the way that I do it. Some people are better at per, bleed. Bleed is awesome at projecting, you know, how people have improved. And I personally am just better at weighing fighters against the expectation and the expectation is the betting line, you know? I don't think that Minner <laughs> – good call, Jody. Uh, I don't think that Minner – I think he's going to win by decision, and I think that there's good enough value to just bet straight up Minner by a Minner on the money line and uh, over two and a half rounds at minus 125. Yeah, I know he only has four UFC fights, but he has like a – he had like a full career outside of, uh, outside of the UFC. He's been around – for quite a while. I'm going to look it up actually. Yeah, he's had he's had a lot of fights outside of the UFC. He's not a young guy. Yeah, he was in the <laughs> man. He's in the LFA DCS. I don't even know what that is. Hard knocks, RFA, DCS. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> the guy has three fights in the UFC. He had one fight that he lost against Herbert Burns and Dana White's contender series. 
The guy has 36 prof- or 37 professional fights. Three fights in the UFC. Yes, I understand that. The guy has 37 professional fights. 22 wins by submission. Three wins by decision. One knockout. The guy has been around for quite a while. He's uh, 31. He's just a, a journeyman, right? Like he's... He's, uh, we haven't seen him much in the UFC, but this type of guy, there's a lot of tape on him. If you search up Derek Minner on YouTube, the, the guy has been in a ton of fights, lots of fights. That's not a bad idea. I, that's something that I would try to used to do. I, I don't know though, because what if he somehow like TKOs him? Yeah, that's the problem though, man. He's he gets he's like Nate. He's like Nate Diaz. He takes a bunch of punches. He takes a couple of punches and he's just cut up. Uh I don't know. I to me, honestly, this is just the classic wrestler versus uh brawler. And uh I feel like Minner Minner is he's got um James Krause in his quarter too. I just feel like he's going to go out there and not play to Elkin's strengths. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm, this is one of, this is now that I haven't even looked at the numbers yet, but I already know that I'm going to be on Derek Minner. And I already know that this is, if I had a little bit more time, this would have been one of those gut call plays for me. Um, UFC is the big league. Yeah, but honestly, more and more with the way that the UFC is cutting fighters, um, there's just more and more um, the the parity outside of the UFC. It's not the way that it was about like two or three years ago, where the UFC was the most the the elite elite. It's turning now, where you got the PFL, Bellator, even the LFA. Uh, you even got some good guys that go to like the XMMA or whatever, those weird, uh, those weird promotions uh, and even go there and get like two regional scene fights and come back. Look at Brendan Moreno. You know, he got cut, went to the LFA, came back. It's not like how it used to be. There's more parody in the, uh, in the regionals and the alternate promotions. Uh, And to be honest, you're you're kind of doing a disservice to yourself as a handicapper by not paying attention to them because there's a lot of guys that that you when we see them come in like Matus Gamrot for example home run spot because you compare the type of guys that Gamrot fought versus uh Jeremy Stevens and the type of guys that Gamrot fought was like a he was like a minus 400 favorite in some t- some of those fights if you know who he is and you know his level of competition, you compare him to a guy like Jeremy Stevens, you're just like, sign me up, you know. I bet Elkins has a sprinkle on the third round sub prop. Do you think Kraus trained Minner's cardio will hold up? Yeah, I feel like um James Kraus is probably they're they're honestly probably just training on the treadmill. Like I bet you they're I bet you the the base of this camp was cardio, just pure cardio, you know, like running, like the type of thing where you go and you'd run 25 minutes on the treadmill and then go fight 
five, uh, 15 minutes, you know? I've been betting every fighter with James Krause in their corner for a while, and it's been paying off. He did have one guy that lost recently that had a pretty poor poor performance. But I feel like apart from that guy that lost, I think, who was it? Was it, uh, damn, I forget who it was. But he did have one guy that lost. Um, this will be Elkin's 24th fight. Not saying you're wrong, just saying I see something. Hey, man, everybody sees, sees these fights differently. I like to, like, pinpoint a certain stretch of people's career. So I don't, you kind of, you know, you look at somebody like Nate Diaz, who was like a killer. Is he a killer now? No. You know, uh, is he still super entertaining? Yeah. But I like to like take like eight fight stretches or like a four or five year stretch. And that's my, that's what I focus on. What, you know, uh, everybody does things differently. Sometimes I'll make a bet that it's based strictly on the value. So everybody does it differently. Bellator sucks. I do like PFL. I Bellator is cool sometimes, man. They got a big one coming up next Friday with uh, McKee and Pitbull. Probably one of the biggest fights in Bellator history. Uh, if you know what you're looking for, Bellator is cool. You just got to pick your spots. Sometimes it's brutal. Sometimes it's all right, though. To be fair, no one thought Stevens would have taken the easy way out. Yeah, well, that was, uh, like I said, on, like I said on Saturday night, that was just too easy, man. That was just too easy. Elkins last four losing streak to some killers. Um, I mean, Nate Landwehr is not really a killer. He's just that's that's the type of guy that like Darren Elkins could have won that fight. He just chose to stand and bang with Nate Landwehr. Derek Minner is not going to do that, you know. Like he's he's got too much on the line, right? Like uh, I don't know. Volkanovski, is that true? Honestly, I haven't even looked at. At uh, when did he fight Volkanovsky in like 2019? Didn't and he also fought Tapura, right? Or not Tapura, uh, Ryan Hall. Yeah, Ryan Hall. I remember that fight. He threw like a, a spin kick at Ryan Hall. I didn't know he fought Volkanovsky. When was that? 2018, July 14, 2018. Where was I? I don't remember that one at all. I remember Ryan Hall, though, and I remember Nate Landwehr. I don't know. He's. I'm not saying he's not a bad, not a good fighter. I just think that he's a brawler. He's just a straight-up brawler, right? If you choose not to brawl against him, you, your chances are probably a lot better than, uh, than if you choose to brawl with him. <laughs> Pretty, uh, yeah. One thing I'll say about this card, um, there was another question that I got. What is your lock for UFC Vegas 32? Personally, I'd never, ever, ever. I'll always, I'll post this up if people ask, people ask me, but uh, I don't really like to ever say the word lock, obviously, 
but my most confident play is definitely Miranda Maverick. And then value-wise, there's one play here where I don't know much about uh, Elise Reed, but uh, Ciara Eubanks is like a minus 300 favorite in this fight against this UFC newcomer. And I think she's only got like five fights to her name. It it doesn't matter. Like she shouldn't. Um, Ciara Eubanks should never be a minus. She's eight and eight as a professional. She's got a sub five hundred record in the UFC. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I'm gonna be on the I'm gonna be on the dog there for sure. What else do we got? What do you think of the configuration of this card? The undercard and we endure Gall and Williams as an opener. Um I don't know. Apparently, if you go and look on Adrian Yanez's Twitter right now. I read before I came on here that they got promoted to the uh, they got promoted to the main card. But I'm looking at Twitter right now, and it's nothing has changed. Uh, there was one fight that got taken off, right? There was a heavyweight fight, right, that got taken off, that got moved to next week. Uh, what would they? There would have to be a there would have to be a fight that would be switched. Um, Mickey Gall, honestly, it's he's just one of those people that he's just one of those people that uh, for some weird reason people know know him and like him. People know his name. Like I don't know, he's been on some big fights. He's been on some big fight cards. Like wasn't he on that UFC two forty nine the first? The, the pandemic fight card. He's, uh, I don't know. The UFC likes him. I don't know exactly what it is, but yeah. No, he fought. He fought on the Poirier hooker card, June 27th. But yeah, still one of those. Uh, it was like one of the first UFC apex cards. They like him. I don't know what it is. I honestly have no idea what it is, but they seem to like him. Ciara's top control will win the day, and the books know it. I don't know enough about Elise Reed to say I agree or disagree, but this is still one of those plays that uh, dog or pass, no matter what. <laughs> like if you're laying minus 300 at Ciara Eubanks, even in a parlay and anything, you need to figure something else out like that it's not like trust me this it's your bet there's more value on the other side <laughs> biggest plays of the week are miranda minus 120 in the main event under three and a half rounds fight not to start round five high school's mickey golf's training partner named lj that's cool man uh <laughs> can't say i disagree with Fight not minus one fifty two, yeah, I like that. I also like, like I said, fight goes the distance. No, is that like minus two ten? That's a good price. You, you'd have to parlay it up probably, but uh, um, 
this fight won't go the distance. These two guys, uh, Sanhagen, let's see, I'll, I'll pull it up right here. Sanhagen's won five of his, of his seven wins inside the distance. Dillashaw, four of his last six wins inside the distance. Uh, you know, we've seen, we saw Dillashaw put out um, Corey Garbrandt in seven and a half minutes and less than five minutes in both fights. And then, you know, look what Corey Sandhagen did to uh, Frankie Edgar. And one thing I keep bringing this up is if, if Dillashaw is going to try to come in and shoot blindly at any point in this fight, Sanning and might knee him in the head and win this fight by another, you know, another gruesome, shocking KO. I that's how I and whenever and I don't I'm not I'm not really at the level of understanding MMA that most other guys are. But when I envision the way that this fight ends, I envision Dillashaw getting rocked, going shooting in blindly, and Sanning and landing a big knee. And that's how the fight ends. That's just, I like under, I like the under and I like fight goes the distance now. But again, like I said, at the start of the show, Corey Sanhagen inside the distance probably has some good value, but you're better off just, that's like I said, you're kind of, it's a, it's a correlated prop, right? Um, Cause you know, if you bet him inside the distance and he wins by decision, it's you kind of kicking yourself. Even inside the distance, plus 110, I don't know. Under two and a half rounds, minus 133. I saw under three and a half rounds. The line has moved quite a bit because I saw I saw minus three, uh, under three and a half rounds at like minus 125. We're keep an eye out for him. Cool. Zero value and picking the loser. I'm tired of the more value baloney. Hey man, I respect your opinion, but I've uh, I've had a ton of luck. Look at Derek Lewis; he was like a plus four hundred underdog. Sometimes the value is uh, sometimes the value is the way to go. I found an interesting stat: neither have gone the distance with any opponent who isn't a decision machine. Someone whose fights end a decision fifty percent or more of the time. Yeah, like. Like I said, so a um, hundred dollar better who's bet on Corey Sanhagen inside the distance in his whole career uh, in the UFC is up four hundred and ninety three dollars with a five and three record, and then Dillashaw inside the distance in his last eight fights, uh, four hundred and forty one dollars. So they're right neck and neck with their return on that inside the distance prop in Sanhagen since twenty eighteen, and then Dillashaw since twenty fourteen. Um, Dillashaw, the thing about Dillashaw is even he's been a pretty huge favorite most of his career, except for obviously one of the biggest upsets in UFC history against Renan Barrow. But uh, as far as like his measure against, you know, his performance against the expectation, he's he's done pretty well. Uh, he, he found, uh, I think he was an underdog or what, you know, he was the favorite against Seudo. This is only the third time in his career, I believe, that he will come, that TJ Dillashaw will come in as the underdog. Nice stat there. Where do you find that info now you're talking? 
CombatOdds.ca, man. That's uh, those are uh, homemade. That's uh, some straight up homemade research there with those inside the distance props. That's what we do. Uh, I'll I'll put up I'll put that up. I'll put up the betting trends with these two fighters tonight or early tomorrow morning on the the fight preview because I have the the whole chart between the two of them. Yes, thank you, John. Appreciate it as well. Yes, thank you, Dirty Rag Twenty Two. Okay, I had another question. What was the other question? I'm gonna go for probably about ten more minutes here. I had another question that was not UFC two, uh, UFC Vegas thirty two related. Here it is. This is from Patreon. Who do you think Islam Makachev fights next? Uh, honestly, I. I want him to fight Tony Ferguson next. I don't think that he's going to fight Dan Hooker because Dan Hooker's fight has fought, has lost his last two fights, and Makachev probably wants uh, a guy. Either he wants to end Tony forever, or he wants a guy coming off a win. If he wants a guy coming off a win, I think he's going to fight RDA. Otherwise, he's got to fight Tony. It's going to be like a minus 900 favorite against Tony. But uh, he said in his post-fight uh, interview that he was going to uh, he was going to finish Tony, which I don't know if that's uh, uh, lost in translation. I don't think it is. He speaks pretty good English, but he said he wanted to finish Tony. So uh, that's the fight I want to see. I had another one, the same guy. Patreon. What's next for Misha Tate? I don't know. I feel like she probably needs another step up, another fight um, in the mid. Women's bantamweight isn't that deep, so maybe like someone between like six and uh, uh, like six and ten, probably Yana Kunitskaya or Irene Aldana. Uh, the fight to make is obviously her and Holly Holm. And I don't know, I've seen a lot of people that are saying, like, she's, you know, this is a Holly Holm shouldn't want, shouldn't like try to get this fight. She's on such a roll. You know, uh, I disagree. I feel like it might, Misha Tate, as good as she looked against um, uh, Marianne Renault, she was still like overextending on a lot of those shots. A lot of just straight right hands. I feel like Holly Holmes striking has got a lot better since that fight, the first fight that they had. Um, I don't know. That's uh, that's a rough one. I honestly, if if they fought and Holly Holm was an underdog, I would probably just as a gut call be on Holly Holm because I feel like Holly Holm has gotten way better than the last time that we saw that we those two faced off. You giving him Cupcake City? Oh, Makachev. Who? Who? I mean, who else? There's nobody else to. Nobody else is going to take the fight. <laughs> you know, there's who's going to fight? Chandler. Chandler wants Gaethje. Chandler and Gaethje is a good fight, and I think Gaethje wins that fight easily. Um, but who? Nobody else is going to take that fight. Connor. They. The, you know, no one's going to even allow that fight to take place. You know. Yeah, like I said, Dan Hooker, uh, Dan Hooker wants the fight, but 
I don't know if Makachev, if Makachev's smart and, uh, you know, I don't know anything, but if Makachev's smart, he doesn't take that fight because he's coming off back-to-back losses. You know, lost to Chandler and Poirier. It's just, uh, I don't know. If Makachev, Makachev destroys Dan Hooker, I think. Right? Right, guys? <laughs> like... And I said this with Bleed. Who is Makachev not a favorite against in the lightweight division? Uh, honestly, Poirier, probably a pick him. And then uh, I would, yeah, Poirier and Oliveira, probably a pick him. Everybody else, he's the favorite. No, I know that Tony has lost three in a row. It's just that they have they have history. If you go and look, uh, look on what... Uh, is on Makachev. I wrote I wrote about it with on Fansided on Monday on uh is on Makachev's um post fight interview. He said that he wanted to end Tony Ferguson which he said uh where's the quote? Oh, he also that's another guy. I never even I I, I forgot about that. Benil Dariush, right? That's a that's the fight. That's the fight, right? Yeah, Benil Darius. That's a very interesting fight. I just, I don't know. It's a foregone conclusion what happens with uh, Makachev and Dan Hooker. Like, I don't know. So Makachev said about Tony Ferguson, we have good history. Habib was supposed to fight him five or six times. Let's finish this. I'm going to finish this. I will show people around the world that Tony Ferguson is not ha- not at Habib or my level. So, Darius is the credible opponent for sure. I know that Dana apparently said that he that that's who he wanted him to face, just off the top of his head. Again, I don't know. Uh, I, th- I mean. Darius and Gaethje would probably be really good fight because Darius is super tough, but uh, Gaethje Makachev, good fight, not going to happen anytime soon because Gaethje is not going to fight down. Uh, the, you know, honestly, you could have a whole podcast just matchmaking for the UFC lightweight division. Like, it's there's it's it's just fantasy, like. How easy it would be to make right now Connor versus Tony? That fight makes the most sense, you know? And how huge would that fight be? That fight would be just massive. Even like I said, even Makachev Tony, you could that could easily be a co-main event of a pay-per-view or headline uh um a fight night card. But again, Tony's not headlining no fight night card. He's gonna be on a pay-per-view. So uh it's just <laughs> Every time that they book these fights in the in the lightweight division, they're like changing the course of of the UF. They're just changing the course of the popularity every single time. You know, I'm a fan of Makachev, just not a fan of the line that everyone's avoiding him. Yeah, you know, city kickboxing rules, but I was I'm I was super underwhelmed by Hooker's performance against uh, Chandler. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm telling you, if Makachev fights Chandler, that's that's a wrap. 
I know that they're I know that they're looking at possibly having a show in Australia at some point or maybe New Zealand at, by the end of the year. I I don't know how close how what the how realistic that is. It would obviously be headlined by uh Adesanya versus Whitaker too. And uh you probably think that Dan Hooker would want to be on that card. And if it's at in the end of the year, like early December, late November, maybe early January 2022, that makes that makes a lot of sense. But uh I'm telling you, <laughs> Makachev, Makachev versus Hooker, foregone conclusion, in my opinion. Okay, I'm gonna wrap it up very shortly. What else do we got here? Any other questions? Last call for questions. Again, so we're gonna do um, we're gonna do the UFC Vegas 32 live weigh-in reactions Friday at noon, uh, probably like 11 11:55. Uh, it'll probably be the same thing like this was, where the intro will run for a little bit before I go live just so I have everything set up so that I'm watching the weigh-in. I'll share the link for a live shot of it. Uh, like I said, I'm probably not going to be able to show the actual weigh-in, but I'll be giving out my my picks and my angles for uh, as each guy pretty much gets on the scale. Pretty much going to be doing some live handicapping. Uh, and, uh, yeah, eventually I'll get it so we'll be able to show the weigh-in but I don't want to risk screwing up my monetization or anything like that just yet, or my road to monetization just, <laughs> just yet. So uh, yeah, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll go live and we'll share the link to probably MMA, MMA junkie or something like that. So you can do, we can do a little watch along and uh, yeah, that will be super fun. I'm super excited to do that. All right, well, we went an hour, longer than I thought it was going to go. Okay, cool. Thanks a lot, guys. Super appreciate it. Again, all social media platforms, Combat Odds HQ. And then tonight, I got uh, five or six videos from our Saturday conversation, pretty much outlaying the picks for uh, – we talked about Sanhagen Dillashaw. We talked about Phillips, Kyler Phillips and Raleigh and Pava, Macy Barber, Random Maverick, obviously. We talked about Darren Elkins, Derek Minner a little bit. What else did we talk about? Uh, obviously, Adrian Yanez, Randy Costa. Um, we talked about that. I'll be putting out some angles on that. I'll have like a full preview for San Diego and Dillashaw with uh, like those, like I said, those individual betting trends. That'll be coming out all within the next like uh, 24 hours on combatodds.ca. And then sitting there right now, we're looking ahead to. Uh, UFC 265, there's odds on there. There's even picks on there. And, uh, yeah, so hit that up. And then for all the best bets, I've got best bets that are already out there for UFC 265, UFC Vegas 33. I keep saying UFC 33, which is not accurate. UFC Vegas 33. Uh, you know, eventually these will come out, but – these are the super look ahead plays. So it's, it's not that much. It's literally five us dollars a month and you're just supporting, supporting a good cause. You don't have to, it's just, it's a new thing that I figured I'd start. And then again, if you like this setup, if you ever want to try to do something like this yourself, 
StreamYard is very, very, very easy, awesome beginner program. Uh, if you want to ever try to use this, use our promo link, tinyurl.com, combat odds, HQSY. You get like $10 off your first month. You uh, support them. You support me. Good stuff. So, yeah. Um, if there's not any other questions, we are going to get out of here and we'll see you on Friday afternoon at noon for the uh, weigh-in show. So, yeah. Talk to you later, guys. Thanks a lot.